0: and uh, i believe that we have a strong word for you and me today i uh you know i don't know if you knew this but a couple weeks back a few weeks back um i was ministering in el salvador and miss jamie got to go with me and we were ministering there together and we thought you know while we're in el salvador let's take two extra days and uh for all that you have to do now to go out of the country and come back into the country We might as well take a couple extra days and just see El Salvador or at least stay at a resort or something like that. So we asked the the ministry that we were working with, do you know of any resort? They go, oh, we had the place for you. We had the place. We're like, oh, great. We only had two days, you know, so it wasn't like we were going to get any real vacation time. And they said, pastor, the place we're going to take you is the number two place in the world that professional surfers want to come. I'm like, that's it. They're like, do you want to surf? I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. They're like, pastor, do you know how to surf? Nope, but I'm going to learn. And they're like, okay, that'll be great. So they take us, and it's a great little spot there in El Salvador on the coastline, little, little you know, bungalows kind of stuff, and, and, um, and they had a little surf shop right there. And, uh, and so we go over to the surf shop, you know, going to rent a board, and we're going to go out there and learn how to surf. And, uh, and, the, and the gal's looking at me, and she goes, so, sir, have you ever surfed before? I said, no, but I have wakeboard, I have snowboarded, I can skateboard. And, uh, and she goes, well, you probably want to get a lesson. I'm like, I don't need no lesson needs a lesson i'm a great swimmer and uh and i i can do it she says to me she goes you do understand that professional surfers come from around the world to surf these waves because they're eight to 15 foot waves back to back to back to back to back it's in a little cove and the the sandy beach is not a sandy beach but it's cobblestone rocks so when you crash, you die. She says, you understand that? I said, ma'am, you don't know who I am. I'm a man of God. I ain't scared of nothing. And my wife says, oh, yeah, And he's really good at learning stuff for the first time. And I really am. I'm a quick learner. I was like, oh, listen, I can do this. I, I, have, I, have, I have wake surf behind a boat. I said, I can do this, no problem. And they're like, okay, so you don't want to take lessons? i well, are like, no, give me the board. How much are the lessons? Oh, no, 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 I'm not taking lessons. Yeah, I want to add that in, too. And so we go out there. And uh, me and this other uh, gentleman that I had just met from the church and, and, and just getting to know him for the last couple days, and he's, he surfed once before, so he didn't really know what he was doing either, but we are going to kind of learn together. And so we get to paddling out there, and the waves start hitting me and knocking me off the board. Paddling out there, and those waves are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I am pulling, and I am pulling, and I am tugging, and I'm getting after it, and I'm doing just like they do on Baywatch. You know, I'm just... <laughs> and I'm pushing, and and I look up, and I haven't made it but about... 30 feet off the shoreline and this thing and I, now i'm starting to get winded and now i'm starting to feel 50 years of age and and the beautiful little thing that's uh, the, the safety net around my waist to keep me floating as in my fat tummy and i'm trying to get past these waves just so i can get past them so i can turn around and surf them back in I sat out there for 25 minutes trying to get past the breaker waves so that I could turn around and try to surf them in. And there's a multiple times that I got really close when all of a sudden, I'll never forget, I looked up and here comes a 10-foot wave. And I thought, well, I've been watching these other guys and they grab the tip of the board and they go under the wave. So that's what I'm going to do. I do that and thank God, right as I walked out of the surf shop, the little lady said, now when you tie this, t- this thing around your ankle, She said, what's going to happen is you're going to get thrown upside down multiple times under a wave. And you're not going to know which way is up. But the board will naturally go up. And while you're down there, don't start swimming. Calm yourself. Grab the rope and go up wherever the board is at. Go that direction. I'm in this moment of trying to get past this thing. This big wave comes. All the professional surfers, you can see the look on their face like, oh, snap. And they all do their little deals. So I do what they do, and I try to go under it. This thing takes me. I'm like I'm in a washing machine. I'm twirling up and all of us in the foam, and I can't see anything. And in that moment, I realize I don't know which way is up. I start panicking. i start to take on water. And then I remember what she told me. I found that little thing around my, and I started pulling that board. It already shot up out of the water. And as I'm trying to get up, another wave hits me. I barely get a breath of air and then another one hits me, boom, and pushes me back down and rolls me a couple of times. And by the time I get up, I look, and nobody's heads are in the water because they've all been thrown, all the professionals have been thrown all around. I can't hardly breathe. I can see my wife on the shoreline. She's see praying in the spirit like, Lord, I'm going to lose my husband right here, right now. Mind you, I've been out 25 minutes. I've not even attempted to get on the board and surf. I haven't even made it far enough to get to that spot, and I can't breathe. I'm all beat up, and I realize I better get my backside up off of this thing and get up on the shoreline. And so I start trying to get in, and it beats me up, beats me up. I finally make it. I'm trying to pull the board out, and the waves are knocking me down. I get on the shoreline, and it was then and there that I realized I had made a gross mistake. And that gross mistake was this. I did not get trained properly to accomplish the task. I did not get the instruction that I needed, and I thought that I could go where the professionals go just simply because I've been good at some other things in the past. And if I had listened to the lady, so I went back in the surf shop, she said, sir, you should have never even tried this spot. What you should have done was you should have let us take your surf lessons. We'd have taken you a couple miles down the the beach line where the waves are not as big and you could learn something before you try to get out here and conquer these big waves I want you to know ladies and gentlemen there are some big waves coming to the United States there are some big waves that you have been bouncing around in the ocean and you are not trained you did not get instructed properly and if you're not careful you're going to end up drowning in the process of it and so I titled the message today strong everybody say strong, strong. say it again say strong you cannot get out there in the things that the enemy is bringing against the world today and think you're going to survive unless you get stronger. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. And so our key scripture is Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 5. This is the passage. I want if you don't hear anything else today, memorize this. A wise man is strong. And a man of knowledge increases power. A wise man is strong. You want to be strong? You got to get wise. You want to increase in power, you need to start getting some knowledge about yourself. You need to know your God, you need to know His Holy Scriptures, you need to know His Word. The Bible says very clearly in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, everybody say unwise. Let's say it in our vernacular, say foolish. Say it in the way you say it on the street, stupid. Alright, don't say that in here, come on now, you are so rude be very careful then how you live not as stupid not as unwise but as wise look making the most of every opportunity why because the days are evil jesus prophesied that in the last days there'll be many false prophets and many false teachers and they would deceive many believers there is so much mess out there i have watched listen this message is coming from a place that 2020 rocked my world as a pastor and i'll tell you why it rocked my world Because I have preached to you, I have trained you, I've done my best, and I started watching what you were texting, what you were posting, what you were saying, how you were treating one another, and I realized you are not strong enough to handle what's coming at you. And i got to get you strong. You are not strong enough to even be able to stand against the lies and the manipulation that has been unleashed on the earth today we have been back and forth we've been bickering one of the greatest plans of the enemy jesus said it would happen jesus's last big prayer to the father was not that we would have that we would have power his big prayer wasn't that we would as the body that we would start orphanages that we would not stumble his big prayer was that we would stay unified he said lord let them stay unified even as you and i are one May the church, Lord, I've done my best, but if they lose the unity, and I'm telling you, everything that has happened in the last 18 months has been to disunify you and me as believers. I'm telling you, everything, I'm telling you everything from racial and, uh, difficulty to COVID and how we're going to mask, no mask, and, and we're fighting the, the Republican. Also, that you and I could fall apart because united we destroy the works of the enemy; divided, he destroys us. And that's happening because you and I are weaker than we thought we were and we need to get strong See I had surfed never in that capacity, but I had wakeboard. I had I had surfed behind a boat I had I had I, I was a really good snowboard boarder back in the day all the Pieces that were needed to be able to stand up on that board and do it I, I had that but I didn't have so much more that I needed Thank God I listened to one little thing that lady said, or I wouldn't be here today. Sir, whatever you do, when you crash, and it's going to happen, follow the rope upward to wherever that boat's. because I don't know which way is up, but follow that board. You better follow the Word of God upward, wherever it's at. Go that direction, whatever the Word of God says. That's your place of safety. Are you tracking with me today? Say yes. See, wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, Are lasting. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience, reasoning, and study. Knowledge can exist without wisdom. Knowledge can exist, but wisdom cannot exist without knowledge. See, knowledge builds up. You take that knowledge, you begin to apply it, and you gain wisdom. In fact, there are a lot of people who are knowledgeable who have no wisdom. But you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. So you and I have to build our knowledge base of who He is and what His Word says. We have to build that. We have to become more knowledgeable. See, if I'd have taken the moment and I'd have gone out with that group of people who wanted to train me and teach me and add knowledge to me, they'd have gotten me out there somewhere safer. They would have taught me. I would have been prepared for a three-foot wave, then maybe a eight-foot wave, and then maybe a ten-foot wave. But because, in fact, I watched their. Little, they had a little chart on the board, and they said it, it will take you three months to be able to surf in a way, three months of training, to be able to surf in a way that you won't kill yourself. And I thought I could do it in a day. And I can't tell you how many of us, because we go to church weekly or listen to somebody's podcast, or we know you, we follow a couple of famous preachers and their one-liners, think that we are prepared for the onslaught that is coming and has, has been dumped upon us even now. If there's anything you and I better wake up to, and that is we are not as strong as we thought we were. We are not as strong as we thought we were. Listen, let me tell you the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to and when not to use a gun. You may know a lot of little stuff about here, this, that, and the other about Jesus, but are are how you using that properly, helping people, transforming lives, are you doing more damage than you're doing good? You and I must come to a place of wisdom. Again, back to our key scripture. A wise man is strong, and a man of knowledge increases in power. If, a, if wisdom equals strong, then what is foolishness equal? Weak. If knowing things will cause you to increase in power, if knowledge will cause you to increase in power, not growing in knowledge will cause you to what? Decrease in power. It's time for you and I to up our game a little bit. I'll tell you, I'll give you a story years ago that caused me to realize I need to be wiser. Years ago, one of my favorite ministers in the world, a person that I that that basically I wanted to follow and be like, was a man by the name of Carlton Pearson, famous minister. He'd come to our church all the time. Gorgeous African American gentleman. I mean, it, it just. Just that guy. He could sing. He could preach. He could revelatory. He could break down the Greek, the Hebrew. I just, I want to be like Carlton. And he was short. So I was just like, I want to be that guy. That guy. I want to be the vanilla version of him. I like, you know, I sit and practice in the mirror to try to be. And he said, hey! He did, hey! You do that kind of thing? I tried it. It just didn't go over as well for me. And Carlton had this thing that he started in the Tulsa area called the Azusa Conference. The Azusa Conference, uh, you know, they would rent out the Maybe Center, they rent out these big these big places, and once a year, they would call people just to this conference. And in the, in the 90s, that was a cool thing to do. Big conferences, big times of revival meetings and that kind of stuff. So Christians from all over would come together. Carlton was known as one of the premier ministers of the era, and Carlton decided he wanted to do something different. He didn't want to gather all the big names of his time. And give them a platform to preach at the conference. He began looking for men and women who did not have as big of a platform, didn't know, weren't weren't that influential, but were men and women of God. And he began to reach out to some of these guys And let them preach And really gave them platforms And, and just some folks that most people had never heard of People that had churches of a couple hundred, three, four hundred uh, People had church maybe of a thousand or something Because his church was a mega church And this conference was, you know, a boost You know, was, was broadcast all over Christian television But about 20,000 people would come to the conference In these days and the nights And he had people, you know, he had, I'll never forget He had these three specific guys I'll never forget this, that no one had ever heard of He had this guy named Thomas Dexter Jakes he had him come. He had another guy named Edward Long come, and he had another guy that, to protect his, his identity because, because of the storyline that I want to tell you. He had this other guy come. We'll just call him Mr. Johnson. And, uh, and, 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 and because these guys had the opportunity to be in a, a, a larger platform, and people began to say, wow, these guys are anointed. These guys are powerful. I mean these guys I mean it just threw them into the to the stratosphere I mean people began to come to their churches in fact um the guy Thomas Dexter you may know him as Bishop T.D. Jakes because that's who he was and up until that time he would never pastored more than three four hundred people and then all of a sudden because of this this engagement and how God was using him he moved to Dallas he's right up the street from us phenomenal man of God you know Edward Long as Eddie Long who had over 20,000 people there in the Atlanta area and this other guy we'll just call him Mr. Johnson because I want to protect him you If I told you his name most of you would have never heard of him and yet he was the better preacher of the three But not long after being at that conference being exposed nationally and internationally to some of the great leaders and people like wow This dude has it we all want to follow him phenomenal This guy had this moment in his city where he was invited to a social gathering And at the social gathering he had a couple glasses of wine and I driving home from his social gathering where he had a couple glasses of wine because, again, alcohol is not sin. Drunkenness is sin. Everybody understand the scripture enough to know the difference? Okay, great. And, uh, and, so, and so drunkenness is sin. And so as he's driving down the highway, the police department pulls him over. Or a police officer pulls him over. As he's talking to him, the police officer recognizes that he's a little tipsy. Begins to ask him questions. He has just become one of the most famous pastors in his city because of this conference, because of the giftings on his life, whatever you want to call it. But he's now a big name guy. The officer tries to do a, uh, you know, a sobriety test with him and the pastor refuses to do it. So some of you have had this experience. So what do they do? <laughs> they take him straight to jail. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> and they take him straight to jail. Well, guess what the local media does? Oh, they've been waiting for a moment like this and they plastered all over the morning news all over the internet all over the local newspapers he lost half his church in one weekend as a young minister coming up who wanted to be like these guys I had a lesson and wisdom in that moment yeah I can be free and drink alcohol and there is no shame in it and it's not gonna send me to hell. Drunkenness on the other hand is definitely going to hurt you and hurt anybody else around me if I go that route, so I came to a place of wisdom. How about I just drink water at that meeting and just pass on the champagne? Are you tracking with me? Not because I'm more righteous, because I ain't stupid. Are you tracking with me? So this is not, it was in that moment that I realized, I want to be stronger. I want to make it to the end. I don't want to shame you as my congregation. I don't want to shame the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, because I had a moment of stupidity. Are you tracking with me? I think more than ever, we need a church that stops being foolish and starts being wise. Because what? Wisdom is is power knowledge is powerful and strength is what the church needs like never before today turn the person next to you and say strong no you can do better than that say strong It's time for you and I to get strong. Can I ask you something? What are you going to do when someone walks up to you and begins to argue with you about transgenderism, about the rightness and the wrongness? I'll never forget when someone pulled me aside, someone very articulate, someone very studied in the Word, probably knew the Bible better than I did. And they began to try to convince me that David and Jonathan were gay homosexuals because David says, if you will, David says in the Holy Scripture, he loved Jonathan even as much as his own soul. And so someone was trying to convince me that that meant that they were in a homosexual relationship. Now in that moment, I had already gotten a little bit more knowledge than they realized I had and I said, excuse me That word love is not the word you're using. You're using eros love, which is sexual love That's not the word here This is the word phileo love the love of a brother that that you'll go fight for them that you'll have their back You got the wrong love and you're manipulating the things of God. Would you have been able to do that? Would you have been able to stand there? Would you have been able to look them in the face and say that's not true? I'll never forget when a man walked in our offices at our church way back in the day and he and he wanted to convince us all that we needed to sell everything by property that God, he had some obscure scripture that he pulled out that every property that we would get that God would then give us natural wonderful things down in the earth we'd find gold, we'd find diamonds and we could we could have global revel, uh, revival because we'd have so much money that we could bring revival and I'll never forget that our, our associate pastor looked him in the eye and said to him that's not at all what the scripture teaches and begins to bombard him with the truth of the scripture and this guy went and he walked out of there set straight why because that minister was strong in the Lord and the power of his mind he had wisdom he had strength because he had knowledge Frank can I tell you something you better get ready because if you thought for a moment that the last couple years have been difficult and people saying this is the right way this is the right way this is the right way the word of God actually says in the last days they'll call good evil and evil good and that's happening right now in real time as we sit here so you better get strong in the lord and the power of his might you need to have the word of the lord g- r- uh, running through you every moment of the- how about when it comes to creationism well, h- how about when it comes down to where we came from Are you able to rightly divide and say, look, in all confidence, you can say that all you want, and you can say that, uh, but at the end of the day, the Bible is true. God created man. God created the heavens and the earth, and I appreciate all the stuff, Mr. Professor Person, that you're talking about and all the theories that you've come up with, because that's all they are. They can't prove any of that stuff, by the way, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate your scientific mind, but God's not outside of science. God is within science. We see God working all throughout the things that are happening in the earth today. It was God who made us. It was God who created this earth and if you're not convinced of that and you can't argue that point back then Frank, can I tell you something? What you're going to do? You're going to get hit by wave after wave after wave after wave and you'll never even get up on the board because you have not gotten trained properly. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. This is time church. We better get get into this word and know our Bible and know our God. Are you still there? Say yes. The Bible actually says that wisdom starts where? With the fear of the Lord. I'm quoting to you right now, Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. Now, you and I, when we use this word fear in our English, modern English term, we are talking about a different word than what's being brought out here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we use the word fear, we're talking about something very negative. We're talking about something that overwhelms our emotions. We're talking about from a place of, uh, uh, of, of, of destruction. We said that I'm, I'm scared of that. That has the ability to destroy me. That's not at all how this word is originally being used. In the Hebrew language, this word is yura. Yurah. Everybody see yura. Which actually means reverence. Reverence. Yeah. Reverence. Right now, pulsing through this building is many, many, many watts of electricity. None of you are sitting here scared that you're going to get electrocuted. None of you, though, at the same time, would take a metal fork and go stick it in one of these outlets. Because you're not stupid. But when you were three years old, you might have tried it. Or four years old, or some of you last week, but that's okay. But what happened was, somewhere along the way, you realized a truth. That that electricity is to be respected. And if you've ever tried to change out a light switch or a ceiling fan, come on, somebody. Are you ever plugged in something and it got you? Come on, you ever have one of those it got you? Yeah! You started respecting that electricity, didn't you? The respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. When you and I say, Lord, I recognize you are God and I am not. I recognize you hold the earth in the palm of your hand. That you take the kings of the earth and you actually control them and they don't even know it. So guess what? I'm going to tell you what I do. I, am just, I, I have learned a great wisdom in this whole process. I pray for my leaders. Whether I, I agree with their position, whether I think they're full of the devil or not, I pray because the word of God told me, pray for those in authority over me. And see, if you don't don't know the Holy Scriptures and you don't know the nature of your God, you're going to be stirred around on the bottom of that ocean floor, just turned over and over and over, not knowing which way is up and which way is right. But friend, can I tell you something? If you attach to the Word of the Lord that in those tumultuous waters, that board's going to shoot straight up. And friend, you better climb up to that board, get up on that Word, and hold on for dear life because the waves are coming and they're coming a lot bigger than they were the last 20 years. They're coming and it's happening in real time persecution is happening in real time they're going to cancel you if you put anything out there that looks like Jesus they're going to cancel you on your socials they're going to cancel you at work they're going to it's going to happen you and I better know the word of the Lord we better be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because the wise are strong are you tracking with me say yes Yes. come on are you still with me say yes. yes so let me give you a couple obstacles to knowledge and wisdom so that you can overcome these obstacles because it's time to have a church that's full of wisdom. It's time to be a Christian who has some knowledge. Here's a couple of the, if you will, obstacles to knowledge and wisdom. Number one, no opportunity. I think about some of my precious friends and how they grew up without opportunity. They had no opportunity. No one gave them opportunity to get a good job. No one, no one gave them a, 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 a leg up. No one helped them. They had no opportunity. And when it comes to the things of the Lord, I would say to you, that many of us have had more opportunities that we've not taken advantage of. But the Apostle Paul had this moment in the book of Acts chapter 19 where he comes into the city of Ephesus and he meets some believers. And in this engagement with them, he says to them, so have you experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And these 12 men, the Bible calls 12 men of Ephesus, so we didn't even know there'd be such a thing. We didn't even know. He said, you don't know? about the holy spirit power that has been unleashed from heaven where god said he would pour out his spirit on don't you know what happened in jerusalem don't you know what happened months months ago where, where the holy spirit was poured out and every, every one of those guys got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had the same experience with the Lord, and he gave me power. Don't you know about that? And they said, no. He says, well, what baptism have you experienced? They said, the baptism and the repentance and the, John, uh, the baptism of John. He said, John's baptism was one under repentance. But John pointed to another baptism. He said, this one comes, Jesus, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I baptize you under repentance. I baptize you to re- for, the, for the repentance. Lord, I, I've sinned against you. I repent. He said, but there's one coming. Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's going to give you power. And the men of Ephesus, we didn't even know. They had no opportunity to know this truth. They were missing out on the truth, not because they didn't want it. They just had no opportunity. No one had ever pointed that out to them. And here comes the Apostle Paul. And the Bible says he doesn't even hesitate. Go check it out. Go check me and see if I'm telling the truth. And he lays hands on them and they all begin to pray in the spirit pray out in tongues and prophesy power of god starts shaking through them they're like wow didn't know we could have this no opportunity i remember jamie and i and and, and always talk about this mimi and papa and i uh, we got saved and went to a church that just not, did not give us proper opportunity for the things of god we didn't know about miracles they didn't teach about it i didn't we didn't know that that god is the same god yesterday today and forget ever and what he did in the new testament he's still doing today and they, they, I, I didn't know. They, they were cessationists. And they didn't believe that the miracles. They believed the miracles of God stopped with the apostles. And so that's what we believe. Until we met somebody who was experiencing miracles. Until we met someone who showed, look, when I pray for this person, they got healed. And so we're like, that can't happen. That stopped years ago. Because that was what we were trained in. And then we saw it for ourselves. Yes. And then we experienced for ourselves. And we said, wow. precious wife when she was a teenager she did a missions trip to China you got to understand in the 90s um, China was not really open (laughs) to the rest of the world but they would let different groups come in on on tourist visas just for a week or so and we had gotten word that there was an underground church happening that there were Christians that were meeting Jesus but it's a communistic country. And the years and years and years ago, they had thrown out and burned up any Bibles or any literature, kind of like we're seeing today, any literature that opposed the government. And they saw the Bible as one of those. So you had multiple generations that had never seen a Bible, never heard a Bible, but people had begun to experience Jesus in China. These Chinese people had become Christians and they had no Bible, they had no surfboard to hold on to. And so it became a passion of our church's heart to help them get Bibles. And my precious wife, as a teenager, smuggled Bibles into China. Her mama, who has a, her only child, is she going to do what? Our church and our youth group is going to take a mission to China. And I'm going to smuggle in Bibles. She's like, no you're not. <laughs> I don't think so. And of course, you know, being a good only child, she worked her mom over until she gave in. And, uh, and so she smoked. And Jamie, if you talk to Miss Jamie about this, it was one of the most amazing moments of her life. Because we would get these reports back that they would get these Bibles and these little Chinese people. Oh. 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 Now I can know my God. Oh. They had no opportunity before. They just had no opportunity. So they did not have knowledge and they did not have wisdom. And the Chinese church was so weak because they did not have knowledge. They had no wisdom because they had no word. My mom and dad had the privilege of going in after the wall came down and Europe and and, and Russia, basically communistic Russia, had, had fallen. My mom and dad had the opportunity to go into these countries like Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan, and they had never seen the word of the Lord or heard the things of God. And as dad would sit on their streets and play his guitar and sing about Jesus, they would just come stand around with big tears. They're like, who are you talking about? Who is this person that you're singing to? And as they would begin to lay hands on them and lead them into a, a, a relationship with Jesus and then share the word, they would just stay all night long. They wouldn't leave the little apartment that they had rented and they just keep coming in and bringing sick people and pop would lay hands On them; they would get healed they go get somebody else and they show them in the scriptures And they had no opportunity before this and the moment they had the opportunity. They just hold on to it. and say, thank you Oh, you changed our lives We live in the United States of America We got more opportunity to know the Word of God. We have got it digified. We got it audio-eyed. We got it, listen, we got more preachers telling us more things, and yet we still don't know God or His nature or His Word. And so we don't have the strength to stand. And that's why some of us were posting some of the craziest things last year. And that's why we've been bombarded with conversations and thought processes that are not biblical. And so it was because of that at the end of last year, I was before the Lord praying for the Church in America, and I heard the Lord say, "Adam, the Church in America does not have a biblical worldview. You have a worldview, but it's not biblical. You have a worldview based on culture. You have a worldview based on based on politics. You have a worldview based on what makes makes you successful, but you don't have a biblical worldview. He said, "The church, including Hill City, doesn't have enough people with a biblical worldview. I said, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" And I heard him very clearly say, "Start training." He said, God, I can't get them to come up on Sunday. How am I going to get them to come up in the other day to be trained? And he said, uh, and he's speaking to show me. He says, start, start an online Bible school. I said, let's do it. So I started making plans. I started, I have lots of connection around the nations with high caliber ministers. And I said, what if we did, that? I started casting the vision, casting a vision, and we were working towards it. And then the Lord pivoted me. And he said, Adam, I don't want you to do that now. I need your help somewhere else. He said, Christ for the nation needs you right now. There's a Bible school that I used to be a part of. I used to run the Bible school there in Oak Cliff off of Keese. He said, they need you right now. I want you to help them. I said, I bind every high thought that is offered to the self against the knowledge of God. <laughs> I, they had been in trouble. They were in jeopardy, and I knew they were. And, um, and I really, quite frankly, did not want to. I wanted to have Hill City you, Hill City University. And the Lord said, no, I want you to help them. I was like, Lord, I don't want to help them. And I said, and this is what I did. I said, Lord, if this is you. I'm going to ask you to give me a clear sign. Now, I'm too mature of a Christian to do that, but in this moment, I was like, I'm going to be immature all about this. I'm going to be like, ah, wah, wah. I'm like, I'm going to act like a baby. I said, I need a sign. He said, okay, what do you want? I said, I want you to have the man in charge. I want you to have him call me. That man has never called me. He's texted me a couple times, but he had never called me. He's a millennial. He doesn't call people. He texts people. That was at 11.30 on a Wednesday night. (laughs) The next morning, I'm heading over to Hill City. It's about 7 a.m. The phone's ringing. I look down, and it's this man. I was like, you couldn't give me eight hours. Like, you couldn't give me eight hours. I answer the phone, and this is what he says. We need your help. Uh So I met with our lead team, our elders, and I said, they need our help. I'm committed to Hill City. I'm going nowhere. We're birthing campuses. We're raising up men and women of God to change the world at Hill City. I'm not I'm not taking off the gas of that. But Lord, if you need me, I'll help. And so I sat down with their leadership team and I said, I refuse to work for you. You can't afford me, number one. Number two, I, I don't want to deal with your 50 years of mess, but the Lord had need of me and he asked me to help you guys. They were like, thank you, Jesus. And I was like, But what we'll do is Hill City will partner with you because I'm not going to be owned by you because we have a vision. And they said, so be it. And for the last eight months, I've been working to help them, but I also have spent every waking moment attempting to put together some online courses that everyday Christians could go through. And what we did was we took the master class, anybody know what master class is? Master class concept and a little bit of Bible school concept, and we blended them for what we're calling module courses. And so I was able to work with them and we put together four module courses that everyday Christians, businessmen and women can take. You may be high intellectual and high caliber, these are not gonna, these are not gonna push on all your intellectual pieces, these are, these are basic Bible, Teachings trainings extra those of you that I got a seminary degree great you need some refresher. That's what these are. That's all they are and I just took uh, I, I recorded a couple teachings and I have some other guys recording a couple teachings and I want you to know that after eight months we're able starting today to offer. And here's, here's my big push to you today. This is the big application to today's message and to what I see happening in the earth and what you and I both need. And that is we need to get strong. We need to, we need to know the word of God better than we've ever known it. And you're not going to get it in a 45-minute message by Pastor Adam when you attend twice a month here at Hill City. Or a blurb from the first person that you like, the little one-liner that you've been following. Or you, or it's not enough to get you big enough and strong enough to be able to handle the waves that we're facing and sensing. And so you and I have to keep building. we got to get about the business of learning our God and learning His Word. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. And so today, even in the lobby, I've got some of the team from Christ for the Nations, and we're going to offer these module courses. They're not a part of the main Bible school training. You're not going to be a Bible school student per se, a full-time Bible school student, but you can take these little module courses. They're 30-minute teachings. With a little bit of testing at the end. Five or six little questions. You're not going to have to go and read 17 books. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. You're not going to have to sit there and turn in assignments and write papers. Come on, somebody. It's the reason why I didn't go back and finish any kind of master's degree level. I don't feel like writing stuff. You're going to be able to learn the word of God. And guess what? You're going to be able to do it from the safety of your laptop, your your iPhone, wherever, and you can take watch the courses at, at your own leisure and take your time when you as you have time and begin to build upon who you are in Christ. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. So those courses are going to be offered. We're going to be in the lobby today. You can go, they've got a little, they got a little QR code, they got a little web link. You can check them out. And here's what we're doing. They're going to be four courses, but starting now. I have got with the finance team, and and they're $50 a little course, $50 a little module. You're gonna get a half credit at Christ for the Nations. That credit will also then transfer over to DBU, SAGU, ORU, high-end universities, if you want to keep down some course of training, you're gonna be able to do that. But that credit that we're getting you for $50 is worth about $250 at DBU. Not to mention the fact that today, there are going to be four different courses, but only two are available today. And I don't want you to pick mine. I'm one of them, but pick the other guy. Don't pick mine. You hear me all the time. Pick the other guy, and then, and then today we're going to offer a discount code of 25. church is going to pay half of it for you just because I want to get you trained. And, that, and so I'm sorry to sound like a sales pitch. I'm that committed to you growing strong. I'm that committed to you not falling in the days ahead. And if you don't start into something... If you don't commit to something, you won't see it through, okay? So check it out in the lobby. Go by there. You'll also They don't have the QR code, uh, the Q, QR code on the screen for me today. Throw it up there. You can pull up your phone. See if that QR code's... Do you have that? In, in, you don't have that for me. Okay. It'll be in the lobby. You can check it out. Here's my second obstacle to knowledge and wisdom. You still with me? Say yes. Here's the second obstacle to knowledge and wisdom. So, you excuse me, back to number one. Don't say you didn't have opportunity. Because right. your pastor went crazy to try to give you opportunity to grow. I've spent hours so that you could get to grow in connection with another Bible school to give you better opportunity than I personally can give you right now. Are you tracking? Let me say yes. All right, here's the second obstacle to knowledge and wisdom, and that is no desire. No desire. Look, look, look at Proverbs 1, 22. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known. To you. I just don't know God. I don't know what God wants. I don't know what to do. How long? will you simple ones love to be simple? you got no desire to know me. He said, if you just repent for a moment say, God, I need you. He said, I would pour out my thoughts into you. I'd make you so smart. I'd make you so wise. But you don't even desire it. Because you don't desire it, you don't have it. But I desire to pour in, he said, my knowledge and my wisdom. Can I tell you something? I have walked into the room where I was the stupidest person in the room. And God, sitting there with the Lord, like, God, what am I doing here? And Him give me a download, something from the Holy Scriptures Something that he ignited in that moment, and I will say that, and people will look and go, you are amazing. I'm like, that's right, you better believe it not knowing what I'm talking about, not having all of this wonder. But the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. The Holy Spirit that was there and said to the earth, come alive. That Holy Spirit's inside of you. The Holy Spirit that's inside of you has the knowledge and the wisdom. You and I have to tap into it through the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Spirit ignites all of that. Can I tell you something? You should be blowing up the industry that you're in. You should be able to stand and say, uh-uh, I will never do that. you know why I don't do certain things and do certain things? It's because I found it in Scripture. So the reason why I don't take advantage of things that I could in my tax bracket and things like that, because the Holy Scripture tells me not to do that. So I don't do it. So there will never be this scandal that Pastor Adam takes the money or does something like this, because I would rather live simple. I'd rather li- li- live easy. I'd rather be a good example to you and to the heavens, because I did not need opulence. Are you with me, say? Yes. Because my Jesus didn't have opulence. He said, the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to rest his head. He said, I didn't set up a big kingdom on this earth and have gold statues of myself all, everywhere. He said, I came and I gave myself. The reason why you like this church is because I'm training everyone to be like Jesus, the servants of all. The reason why you're not going to like this church is going to train you to be Because that's what Jesus did. I don't get sir, I can't get ministered to. Well, the greatest ministry you'll ever receive is when you're given to somebody else. Yes, I promise you. Amen. But that's the Holy Scriptures. That's not, I'm not coming up with that. Here's the third reason that we have, or the third obstacle to knowledge and wisdom, and that is rooted lies. Write that down. It'll change you if you hear nothing else. Hear this. Rooted lies. We all have lies that keep us from a deeper knowledge of our Savior. We all do. We all do. Because your grandma said. Because you watched this thing on YouTube, and they said. You Googled it, and Google never lies, so it's got to be true. The Apostle Paul had this moment. You guys got to listen fast because we're, we're running late. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 6, I'll read it to you. It says, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of the Lord. But Elymas, the sorcerer—for that's what his name means—opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Verse nine. Then Paul, who was also uh, Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, "You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right." Now you understand. This dude is a Jewish sorcerer. You can't get any more messed up than that. This man is a Jewish man who has studied the Torah, which is the first five books of the, New, uh, of the Old Testament. He has memorized them as a child. He knows the God of heaven and earth. He understands the ways of God. And somewhere in his lifestyle, he began to turn to sorcery. He has now become a trusted advisor to what is a Roman uh, 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 governor of this, uh, of this island, of this city. And he is his personal confidant. And all of a sudden, this intelligent leader, Roman leader, says, hey, there's some dude in our city, these dudes, uh, Paul or Saul and Barnabas. I want to hear about what they're talking about. They're talking about God. I want to, I want to understand because I've never heard anything like this. And as Paul and, and Barnabas begin to share with the proconsul, the sorcerer Jewish dude, Elamus, begins to resist. He's trying to kick, don't listen, they don't know what they're talking about. And Saul, in that moment, goes, no, you will not. No, you will not. Talk about a word of knowledge. Talk about wisdom in this moment. Look what he says. Then Saul, who's also called Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Ilamas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for a time and will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him. He groped about seeking to be led by the hand. When the proconsul saw what happened, he believed, listen, for he was amazed at what? What does it say? He was amazed at the teaching. He wasn't amazed so much about the miracle, because he had seen a sorcerer do little sleight-of-hand stuff. The teaching, the truth, the word of God, because Paul and Barnabas were experts and knowledgeable and wise in the word of God. That's why they knew you were being deceitful, you were being wicked, I can see it on you, so in the name of Jesus, be blind. And this guy's... And then all of a sudden this guy said, I want what you have. Not because you just made my little dude blind, but because your teaching blows my mind because it's truth. Yes. Can you imagine? You got somebody at work who's being a jerk, full of the devil, about to crash your business, and you turn to them and say, let me say something to you. Come here, wicked girl. You're trying to destroy this company. This is God's company. From here on out, for a season, you're going to be blind. Poof. Now, CEO, here's what I'm thinking that we should do. <laughs> but this poor guy was rooted. He had, he had these roots of lies inside of him. So he began to fight against God's workings instead of working with what God was trying to do. Here's the last and final one. And that is the reason the obstacles to knowledge and wisdom is no follow through. Oh, it's amazing at the first year how we all say we're gonna know God better, we're gonna study His Word, we're gonna know it, we're gonna know Him, and we don't follow through. Yeah. I watched a billionaire talk the other day, and he said, The number one thing, he said, I can make you a millionaire overnight. He said, But the problem with most of us is you will not follow through. You initiate something, but you won't follow through. Why? Because follow through sucks. It's hard. You gotta put the time in. I was watching this interview with uh, uh, Alan Iverson the other day in reference to Kobe Bryant. He said, Kobe Bryant worked his tail off to be how good he was. He said, one particular day we had, we had been doing something, he said, and then that night we went out to eat and he said, and I was, told him, hey dude, let's go to the club afterwards. And Kobe said, no, nah, I'm gonna go back to the gym. He's like, it's 10 o'clock at night. Now Allen Iverson was a very naturally gifted player and so was Kobe, but Kobe was much better than Allen because he put the work in, he followed through. If you want to be wise, if you want to be knowledgeable, if you don't want to be taken out by the waves that are stirring around us, then friend, you're going to have to put the work in. You're going to have to follow through. Would you stand with me quick?
1: All right, come on. City Online. Wasn't that a powerful message from Pastor Adam? Uh, In this moment, just being able to know the fact that what has God told you your next steps are? Uh, maybe it's for you to be able to visit through different online resources. I know one of the great things that we have right now going on with Hill City Church next Sunday is some next steps with us.
2: Yes, Grow Track Step 1. We can't say it enough. Please, if you want to connect with us, be part of Hill City, please join. Next week at 9.30 a.m. We have an online um
1: Resource. <laughs> resource.
2: I'm so sorry. We have an online resource for you guys. Um, and you can do that by going to hillcity.us slash events.
1: And then also from today's message, we learned about a great resource and actually you'll actually see right now in the chat, I've got both Sandra and Naomi, both on YouTube and Facebook and they're actually pulling up a link right now. But if you can pull out your cell phones and right here is going to be the little QR code. I don't know if you can pull that up on your TV or not, but that's a direct link or we'll have it inside the chat. But as Pastor Adam said today, this is not the moment to make excuses. If you've been sitting on the sidelines and you say, you know what, I I want to be able to grow in God. I want to see the next thing thing in my life for Jesus, not only is Grow a Great Option for you, but these Hill City Online courses. And so if they want to be able to visit, that should be in the chat.
2: Yes, it's in the chat. You click on the link. Make sure that you register um, and create an account. After that, there is a catalog. And when you click on that catalog, you'll be able to see the courses.
1: And Pastor Adam wants everybody at Hill City Church. So, I mean, Esmeralda signed up this morning. I'm about to sign up myself, and I've gone to Bible school. So if you're watching right now you say, well, you know what? I've already been to Bible school. Well, you know what? We all need a refresher for those core things. It was Israel coming back to those old things that they knew to say, you know what? Let me get back to not the basic things, but the true deep things of Jesus. Um, And so don't find another excuse. Sign up today for both Grow and on these online courses, and let's take your next steps in Jesus. Um, You know, in this moment, maybe you're watching this morning, you say, you know what? I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never started that first step. We want to pray with you this morning. Um, You may say to yourself, well, you know, I, I used to serve Jesus. I used to have a relationship with him, but I've stepped away. Today is the day of salvation. And so if you're watching right now at home, man, create a safe spot for yourself right now. Let's get alone with Jesus and let's pray. And so if you're in the room right now and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Sean, I really do want to make a decision for Jesus. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I'm so sorry for the things I've done. And God, I want to be able to change my life around God, i thank you for the fact that you have brought this message in my life and god i acknowledge that you are lord of all god in those days on that great day of salvation i want to make a decision for you and so right now jesus i give you my life fill me with your holy spirit write my name in your book of life and i will serve you all the rest of my days in the name of jesus amen amen Amen. so if you have made a decision for jesus You need to let us know.
2: Please let us know so we can walk with you, give you any resources we can to help you out. And you can do that by texting DECIDED to 469-606-2684. That's 469-606-2684. Text DECIDED.
1: We love you, online community. We thank you so much for joining us this morning, and we will see you next Sunday in the chat. Bye. Love y'all.